Ready to go for another week. You're ready to would you go for another week? Just yeah, nonstop? Nonstop. Okay. No breaks. No breaks. I don't believe you. <laughs> I think you are a liar. No. Uh, watch it. Watch what? Watch you watch go, go for a week? A week. Nonstop. I don't think that you are capable. And I will call you on that. <laughs> Welcome to Bad Movie Date Night, the podcast in which we take a serious look at bad films and genre films and hopefully give them the credit that they deserve. I am Nigel from ajourneyintofilm.com, and with me is my wife, Caitlin. Hello. And this week, we are talking about the 1991 supernatural horror thriller, Dolly Dearest. Directed by Maria Lise. And boy, what a movie this was. It was a great movie. Did you really like it? I did, actually. I really did enjoy it. That is interesting. I'm excited to hear why. Uh, According to some random guy on the internet, this movie is a garbage ripoff with garbage people in it. And I'm paraphrasing, but basically... Ripoff of what? Ripoff of Child's Play. Oh, okay. He was basically like, there's a reason this lady's only ever directed one movie, and this is it, and this movie's terrible, and there's nothing redeeming about it. He needs to go jump off a bridge. Yeah. People are so negative. People are way too negative about it. And I... While there are a lot of questionable things about this movie, I have a hard time seeing why people would hate it as much as that Mr. Random on the internet. (laughs) What is the overall consensus of this movie? It is not good. (laughs) Wow. This movie is universally looked down upon. Okay. I don't know why. I someone don't needs to either. explain it to me. May, do you think we've become desensitized to all <laughs> of these movies? I know that's what I was like. Is that why we're but defending I mean, them now? I didn't like Child's Play. The original Child's Play? No, that's the ones that we reviewed last week. Oh, Bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky. Yeah, and I didn't like some of the other movies that we've reviewed, but I genuinely enjoyed this one. Yeah, I think uh, I wouldn't say that it's the most successful movie that we've watched. No. If we're looking at the intentions, but I think it did a lot of a lot of things really well. And we'll talk about it. Would you like to talk about what you liked about the movie? Well, I thought there was some genuine creepy parts of this movie. And legitimately scary. Um, I had a couple good jump scares, but they weren't like, I don't know. I didn't feel like they were cheap jump scares. Um, it just re- it really got me. I can't remember the last time I actually jumped during a movie. Right? Even during good. a jump scare. And I liked the overall plot of the movie. I thought it was easy to follow. Yes, there was, like, questions. Don't get me wrong. It was not a perfect plot. I definitely had questions. But overall, I was kind of like, okay, man goes to Mexico. Man makes doll. Doll becomes possessed. I can follow this. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and I thought the acting was really good in it. 
I didn't think that the acting was great, but I mean, it wasn't. It it reminded me a lot of like a made for TV movie, where like yeah, you know, it's not gonna win any awards, right? But it has some good moments, mm-hmm. but overall, it's lacking. I thought they did a good job with the acting. <laughs> the mom was a little stoic sometimes. I thought she did great. Okay. <laughs> it. Go ahead. I was gonna say, if anything, the acting I didn't enjoy was the boys. That boy, I have nothing nice to say <laughs> about his character. No. And the only words that I would use are words that we typically don't use on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, he's a little turd bucket. I feel like, and I said this when we watched the movie, I feel like this movie did a really good job of showing you bad parenting in a realistic sort of way mm-hmm. with terrible children. Yeah. Because the daughter, she's a brat. And she's annoying. She definitely knew how to turn the parents against each other. She did not need Dolly's help for that. No. And honestly, like, you know that a kid's going to be kind of a tool when he's reading a book called Why Do Bad Things Happen to Good Kids? Yeah. He... The chances are pretty good. If if bad things are happening to you and you think that you're a good person, you might want to reevaluate your life. Yeah. Especially was, if you're in seventh grade. <laughs> he was also dressed up in like a suit on this plane. And it was like... Yeah, who do you think he is? Right? Where is he going? He's like a mini Zeke. I love that the kid... He seemed so intelligent sometimes, uh-huh. but then he kept saying, <laughs> like, in, in regarding the Mayans, they're pretty cool dudes. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the Sambian or the, what are they called? The Sanzians? Sanzians, yeah. Yes. Yeah, the Sanzians. They're pretty cool dudes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he used some interesting word choices in this movie. Yeah, I would guess that uh, I don't know too much about the woman who wrote this movie, but it would not surprise me if she was uh, Hispanic and did not have a firm grasp of writing English. Mm -hmm. That that is entirely speculatory. I can't really comment on her because she doesn't have much of a profile. That's sad. She made this movie and that was it. Yeah, I mean, she had a couple other things that she directed, mm-hmm. but this was pretty much her most notable one. Her other most notable work is being the script supervisor for the movie Better Off Dead with John Cusack. Okay. That's pretty much what she did. She was a script supervisor, directed a couple movies. Okay. Not. I don't know how often you see that, where the script supervisor becomes a director. But good for her, because she made this movie. Because she made this movie. Which, yes, it is a shameless ripoff of Child's Play. But I also thought that there were a little bit of, like, the omen sprinkled in there and the exorcist. That's what I, I don't I don't think it was a ripoff of Child's Play at all. I think... I think it was a mismatch... Of all the horror movies. Um, I'm trying to think. When did Dolls come out? Because we really liked that. That was 1986. And then Child's Play, because I can't remember, was 88. So Child's or, uh, Dolls predated Child's Play. Yeah, so all you people out there, maybe Child's Play is a ripoff of Dolls. I mean, Child's Play is very obviously a ripoff of the Twilight Zone. Like, Don Mancini's definitely said that. So, so everyone needs to shut up because everyone is, everything is a ripoff of everything. Right. I think the illusion, like, the similarities in this one come from it being a doll possessed by something. But, I mean, that's pretty much where the similarities end because. Like, the little girl isn't running around. Like, at no point in this movie do you think that the little girl is the one who's killing people. Right. 
like that is just maybe. But yet she's clearly possessed. Whereas in Child's Play, the kid wasn't possessed. Right, he wasn't possessed, and um, yeah, that was like a whole thing. So there's there's definitely um, they're pulling things from other movies. Maybe maybe we just have too much experience with killer dolls to know that it's not the little girl killing people. That would have been an interesting twist. I kind of wondered if that's where this was going to go they, when she started dressing up like the doll. Yeah, but they very clearly show you that it's the doll killing people. Like, they don't hide that, I don't feel like. Yeah, that... the first They showed you that the doll was alive very early in this movie, mm-hmm. which I appreciated. I like that, yeah. I also like that the little girl didn't know that the doll could like move and stuff. So I'd really, I'm really interested to know, like was the doll actually talking to her? Was there some kind of like telepathy thing going on? Yeah. Like what was going on with that? I'm kind of concerned that this child wasn't freaked out by a talking doll, talking and moving doll. Do you think that the reason that kids are susceptible to that stuff is because kids tend to be more trusting like, is that why that's a trope in horror movies, generally Maybe. speaking? But I feel like if I saw that as a kid, I would be like, nope, nope. Mm-mm. I know dolls aren't supposed to come to life. Yeah. But you also weren't isolated from all your friends and desperate for companionship. True. I don't know. I would love to get a study on that. On kids who like, would be okay with the doll talking to them? Yeah. That would be really interesting. Just put a child in a room with the doll right. and then make the doll start saying things. Which ones start crying? Which ones pound on the door like, Mom? And I would also test a wide age range because, right. you know, is there a certain point where everyone says, nope, I'm out of here? Right. Be difficult to do. All right, let's conduct this study. Yeah. <laughs> You know what else I I liked about this? What? I liked that the doll had like a progression of changing into something evil. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like Child's Play in that Chucky had the good guy doll mode and Satan mode. Why do you think it took time for her to progress, though? I think it was the entity gathering strength. That's what I kind of figured. Okay. Like the longer it was able to, I feel like it was kind of, there was some kind of like psychic feeding on Jessica, which Mm -hmm. is why her like eyes started getting dark. Yeah. And also why like her soul went into the doll. Yeah. But she was, I don't know. That was a weird thing. I have a lot of questions about that. Um, how good was the little girl in the movie? She did a great job. This She's was very good. one of the where the brother was pretty much the epitome of everything I hate in a child actor. Yeah. The little girl was everything that I could love in a child actor. Yeah. She did a really good job. I hated her. or No, I hated Andy more than her. Right. He was... He was stupid, very annoying. annoying, very annoying. And generally, you and I find kids in movies annoying. It doesn't take much to trigger us. Did she go on to do anything? Because she was very, a very good actor. I felt like the most notable things that she did. She voiced Sarah in the Land Before Time movies. Okay, which I thought was pretty neat because I enjoyed. I honestly, I I don't know how many of those I enjoyed as a kid, but they all kind of blurred together. Yeah. She was also in a movie that I think sounds super interesting called Hider in the House with Gary Busey, Michael McKean, and Mimi Rogers. And this is the description on IMDb. A deranged man hides in the attic of a new house and becomes obsessed with the unsuspecting family that moves in. Nope. Mm-mm. No, thank you. It sounds like um, like the serial killer version of um, what was that movie that um, 
crap. Brian Cranston was in where he like yeah. disappeared in the attic. Yeah. It sounds like that. Wakefield, yeah. I think it was called. That was a movie. Um, Candy Hudson, or she used to go by Candy Hudson, who also played Becky on one episode of Full House. She had a lot of small child parts on TV shows. Huh. The last credit that she has is 2001 Man and Cat Animation, Man's Wife. All right. And well, that was a uh, couple years after Land Before Time 4, which was the last one that she was in. Nonetheless, she did a really good job in this movie. Yeah, she did really good. It was weird seeing Rip Torn try to do like a Hispanic accent. That did not seem natural. No, it did not. Um, but I mean, he's always fun to watch and stuff. Mm-hmm. He was he, good as well. Yes. And the dad was fine. Yeah. I, I don't have anything to say about the dad. He showed up and did his job. He did. And for those of you who th- who watch this and think, wow, that guy looks familiar. He plays Lance in Apocalypse Now. Blew my mind when I read that. His career definitely went upwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like I had so much more to say about this movie. What did you like about it? I liked the design of the doll. I liked the overall plot. They actually did a really, really good job with the design of this doll. I don't know how much uh, their budget was, but I mean, I thought it was very good. Yeah, that was another thing that Mr. Anonymous on the internet said was terrible, was the special effects for the doll. I don't think so at all. I would I would put it up there as some of the best special effects on a doll. I would say that it is comparable to Child's Play. I would agree. Minimum. Yeah. Um, is it a little tacky at parts? Yeah, but I mean, like, that's inherent to the time period that this came out. Yeah, I thought they did a phenomenal job. Yeah, especially with having more than one doll. That was another thing that I liked. I liked that the yes. the what? little demon thing was like, um, I'm not just going to take one doll. I'm taking all the dolls. Right, and I'm going to like, their grand plan was for all these dolls to be shipped all over the world and start taking over kids. Yeah, which was... A different plot than Child's Play. Right, and also shows a lot of forethought in this being... I guess if you're dead and buried for 900-some years, you have plenty of time to figure out <laughs> what you're going to do. But did you know that the dolls existed? I I mean, did you know what a doll was? I don't know. But, you know, you figure you're, you figured it out, and right. uh, good job. <laughs> I liked and disliked... When uh, Rip Torn's character, like, realized everything, uh, Carl Resnick, because, like, that was a really cool reveal. Yeah. But also, the climax of this movie lasted five minutes. Yeah. Tops. It was a very short climax. Yeah. So that was, uh, we'll talk about things that I didn't like, but that is probably number one. I felt like the movie moved at a good pace up until that point. Yes, I appreciated that it kind of had a slow burn to it. Yeah. it It's not overly stuffed with kills. Right. There's, like, what, two main ones? Yes. The maid and then the guy at the factory. Right. And that's, uh, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I guess the archaeologist, if you want to count that, but that hardly counts. No, I wouldn't count that, yeah. Um... They were creative. They were okay. So let's talk about some things that we don't like. And not, I'm not saying that these are things are necessarily things that I don't like. I just have some questions. Number one, he bought the dad, uh, Elliot, he bought this factory in Mexico that produced dolls. Yes. And he was all excited because. The lady who previously owned the doll factory and designed the dolls 
had she had some sort of magic technique or whatever that in his words they just don't do anymore right she is dead so how does he plan to continue making dolls the same way that she did especially since it does not seem as if he's using any of her previous employees yeah that was kind of my only thought was like he was gonna hire her previous employees but then he just found that stockpile of dolls and he was like i don't need to question mark yeah like did he have a design for the dolls in mind or was he like oh i got lucky and now i'm just gonna keep making this doll that we have extras of right like also this place looked like a shack so i'm assuming that a lot of the dolls were handmade Mm mm-hmm so how did he plan on getting these dolls to millions of children? Well, he had the boxes for them. Okay. <laughs> he didn't have the dolls to <laughs> I fill know, said he, boxes. I know. He literally just had, remember, like so many boxes stacked high in his yeah. building. I have a lot of questions about the logistics of this. Right. Great. Like, I'm glad that you bought a doll factory in Mexico. Sure. You know, that moves the plot forward i guess (laughs) but i also just it kind of would have made sense if he had like a business partner too right like that guy at the beginning like what if he was supposed to be his like business partner liaison in mexico like that would make much more sense right also i definitely thought at the beginning that they were going to mexico for like some kind of like child psychology doctor or something because the mom made the comment about the little girl uh writing letters twice yeah and i was like that is was... that like a weird ocd thing i that scene still doesn't make sense no and then the dad's like yeah they just don't that, you know, she has her own special technique or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. So they're going to see a specialist because <laughs> their child has autism or something. Like, I, I don't, I didn't know where that was going. And then it dawned on me later, like, oh, she probably has written multiple letters to her friends because it, I guess she needs to update them on every second of her life before they write back. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I didn't understand because. She, wasn't it inviting her them to the, her birthday party? I don't remember. I need to watch that scene again because it did not make sense. Yeah. It kind of felt like a different... That scene felt like a different movie. Like, honestly, you could have just had them moving into the house in Mexico. Right. Like We did not need the plane scene. Yeah, you don't need to see them in the plane. Just arriving in Mexico and, oh, hey, here's the doll factory or whatever. Here's my second question. At the end of the movie, Jessica, the little girl, she is, I guess her soul goes into the body of Dolly with the soul of the Sanzian devil child. Should probably explain that a little bit. And then the 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 brother, actually the only moment in the movie I liked the brother, mm-hmm. shoots the doll, and we're just supposed to assume like that's it, that's the end, and now Jessica is free, and we don't need to worry about the devil child anymore? Question mark. Yeah, I think they were like, I'm just gonna get out in Mexico because. Like when they go to the factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I, I was me- like more like the filmmakers in general oh. were just like, oh yeah, I guess just killing the doll solves all of the problems. With the girl being possessed. Well, in general, because well, also they blowing, blow up the factory. I with think blowing up the tomb solved the problem. Did not read into that like, at all. That was my assumption. But if if blowing up the tomb solved the problem, the dolls would have stopped trying to put out the dynamite 
that Resnick and Elliot were putting in the factory. Maybe it was like an all-encompassing thing. You had to get rid of the dolls and the source. Okay. Oh, I mean, it's the best explanation that we have. (laughs) But I just, I don't know. That's the best I got for you. Yeah. Yeah. I Oh, I guess I liked that... um, the dolls were possessed by some sort of entity rather than like a serial killer. Yeah. I liked that too. And I liked that there was like a little bit of lore with these Sanzian people who were like, Hey, we worship Satan and we want to bring a devil child into the world. And then they were like, Oh, we messed up. And it's like, well, what did you expect <laughs> from a devil child? Right. Like you like, what did, what did you want to happen? Yeah. That was pretty funny. <laughs> I, I, yeah. And then, so, by the, uh, okay, so, Jessica's possessed by the doll, the brother shoots it, they can't get the dad on the phone, so they drive to the factory, mom, Jessica, and the brother, whose name I can't remember, Jimmy. They drive to the factory to get dad. Dad is in trouble, because he's dealing with three of these dollies. And in the midst of all this, Resnick opens up the tomb. First of all, who he read the warning, don't cross the threshold. And I get like he probably thinks that he like there's nothing real there. Like we know that he doesn't believe in any of the superstitious stuff, but I feel like he should have gotten some kind of there should have been a payoff for that. Yes. If like they're going to say you can't cross the threshold without doom or whatever it's right says. but like nothing really happened right and so he uh, he opens up this tomb and he sees the corpse of the devil child which is this like half human well like this little baby with a goat head which was very creepy yes very effective and i liked that they went full supernatural with that instead of like using like a metaphor or whatever. But it's at this point where he realizes, oh, all of this stuff is real. Let me run over to the factory and save the day. Mm-hmm. And But at that point, literally the only thing that happens after that is they set the bombs and they blow up the factory. So it wasn't like he really had a chance to be involved with any of the ending. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. I think the climax was too quick. Yeah. They, when Dolly has the upper hand, it's usually when people aren't paying attention. Uh huh. But once they kind of figure out what's going on and they say, oh, we can just kill these things, then it's like that Dolly doesn't stand a chance. And it's like, well, you need a little bit of like conflict there, some tension. You know, y- you have two guys dealing with three dolls can't you do something with that instead of them just running around putting out the dynamite? Right. Also, where do they get a giant stick of dynamite from? They had so many. They had all of the dynamite. Maybe that's just something you can buy at Mexico, though. I mean, I could understand having it for, like, an archaeological dig. Yeah. But it seemed like they had reached the point where they don't need it anymore. Right. Which, they Maybe it looked like they extras. reached that point before Resnick got there. So why have it? Yeah. I don't know anything about Mexico culture, but I'm just going to assume you can just buy it at your local grocery store. That's mildly offensive. No, I think think Mexico, they just don't have rules like America. They live by their own rules. And good for them. You're not wrong. What else did you not like? Um, I... Actually, can I jump to something that I liked real quick? Yeah, go for it. We're Um, all over the place on this episode. It's fine. (laughs) I just wanted to throw out the maid. I really enjoyed her. Um, But the reason why I'm throwing that in there is because I wanted to say, like, I really enjoyed her as an actress. uh, And I liked her death a lot. But here's what I didn't like. The whole plot with her sister being a nun and the fact that she didn't contribute more to... The movie. Yes. I felt like she had a lot of wealth of knowledge and maybe they could have kept her around for a little bit longer 
and we could have gotten like bits and pieces from her. Um, and then like the whole point with her sister and the nun, that was just kind of a waste of time. Yeah. Like when the sis, I'm assuming it was the sister showed up and tried to set the crypt on fire. No, her sister was the nun. Right. I thought that the, she had like snuck out and was going to set the, they looked very similar. Yeah. I thought like she was going to be involved in like some kind of watcher of the Sanzia grave to make sure that the devil child never came back. Yeah, like, okay, then that that would have made sense. Like some kind of secret nun group, I guess, if you want to call it that. But yeah, I agree. I thought that was a plot that went a different direction than I thought. And I would say that probably the biggest thing that I did not care for in this movie is it seemed like things were going to go in a lot of different directions and then it didn't do that. Yeah. And there were also things that were kind of, I wouldn't say explicitly set up, but like the breadcrumbs were there for it to turn into something bigger and it just didn't follow that. Mm -hmm. Which was disappointing, but... I wouldn't say that it hurt the movie in any extreme way. No, I don't think it did either. I just, I feel like you could have had like, if you take out that nun scene, what else could you have added? You know, how else could you have developed just the characters that you had? Right. I mean, they probably could have had an exposition dump where Resnick finds some secret document at the crypt or whatever. Right. And like they use that or... You know, the brother spent half the movie reading books, so right. he, he could have learned figured something. It out. Right, right. And then no one would believe him because he was a kid, so I don't know. The other thing I didn't like was the dollhouse in the backyard, just because I didn't really understand the, like, was it also possessed? Or just, like, I, it just felt like that's where Dolly could be most alive, or, like, that's where Dolly was draining jessica's powers i think the dollhouse was just a child's playhouse and it was some sort of weird metaphor for like i will not really a metaphor but i guess something that dolly could some kind of i don't really know what i'm trying to say but i think i don't think that there's anything special about it i think just because jessica and dolly were in there alone most of the time like that's but that could have been like her her room right it could have easily been her room right so that's why i was saying it was some kind of like you know they built a doll house which is an actual house for the doll to be in right like i feel like it almost would have been better because like the maid was acting like the doll house was cursed before the doll even got there. Yeah. And I think maybe it would have been better if the dollhouse just like showed up one night. Yeah, that'd be weird. But right. also I feel like it would raise a lot more red flags to people, which probably would have set things in motion a little bit differently. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe it could be further back and the girl found it one day or something. I don't know. I just yeah. felt like it kind of took away from Dolly's creepiness. It wasn't necessary it was not because they could have easily been in the room right maybe it's like a and metaphor these parents like left their kids alone all the time so yeah they could have been anywhere they also didn't seem super upset when jimmy snuck out to hang out with the old man archaeologist right which was problematic because he almost got eaten by a dog in a graveyard maybe the dollhouse is symbolic for how Dolly is trying to pull Jessica away from the family. That's what I was thinking. In a separate location and mental mentality. And I don't know. I'm reaching. (laughs) I don't, I don't think that there was anything, there was any sort of subtext or anything to read into. I think this was just like capitalizing on three other horror movies and mashing them up. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, w- I mean, I would say it was overall successful. Like, good job. You yeah. ticked the boxes of minimum requirements for those three movies. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I, this is, I just wanted to talk about the scene where Jimmy goes into the factory and finds the dead worker. Mm-hmm. 
like he knocks over a sink and starts <laughs> flooding water and yeah. Dolly there's three dollies and they can't kill him. Yeah. It, like what was that? That was kind of a weird scene. Right. Because then he proceeded to clean up as I if he had never how been he there. Up. But still he knocked over the sink. Like right. you can't fix that. That was so funny. He's like, Well, better go get the ladder and stack all these boxes again. Yeah, like uh, I need to find the water shutoff valve. Oh, where are the towels? Because the floor's covered in water. That was I thought it was funny. It was a I very mean, odd was. choice. Yeah. Yes, it was. I just I don't, I don't know what to do with that, honestly. This is a good lighthearted moment for me. I don't know. I liked it. I feel like that kid was meant to be like the comedic relief mm-hmm. for the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But he was just kind of a jerk. Yeah, he just came off too much like a jerk for I it to work. did not like him one bit. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So. No. <laughs> the only good part was whenever he... Shot the doll. Which was only only redeeming quality. Yeah. And I'd be so mad if my kid like blew up an ancient tomb with some dynamite. Because he also did that. And I know it was like to kill the evil spirit, but like he does not listen. Her children are horrible. They don't listen to authority. I mean, I guess like you could also argue that the children might act out since they're being uprooted from Los Angeles to Mexico. Right. But, like, also put a rain on your kids. Like, they are rotten kids. Your kids should not be able to, like, sneak out of their house that often either. Yeah. That kid was like, I'm going to get out of the house whenever I want. Like, I remember just trying to sneak downstairs when I was a kid, and there'd be, like, one crack on the stairs, and my mom would be like, Caitlin? There's no way. That's why you got to step on the edges of the stairs because there's the there's more support on the edges and then they don't make the creaking. Where sounds. were you when I needed you as a, when I was a child to sneak downstairs? Probably in a different state. <laughs> Sometimes it would work. I would only go partway down the stairs and it would work. Because like I just wanted to watch TV and the way my parents TV downstairs was set up, I could see it from a mirror. In the other room, if I just got down to the end of the stairs. But sometimes I'd just go partway down. I could listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't you trying to sneak out of the house, get no. possessed by no dolls. Yeah, well, <laughs> this kid was in seventh grade and thought that he owned the world. Yes, yes, he did. So let's go over to your dating corner. All right. Welcome to my dating corner. All right. So here's my dating slash marriage advice. When you're married, you should 100% support support your spouse in front of your children. You guys should be a unified front that shows your children that they cannot come between you. And they cannot manipulate you, but you are united and they are secondary to your relationship. Yeah. For context, the mom tries to take Dolly from Jessica and Jessica loses it like some kind of I don't, like wild thing. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, she, she was definitely like possessed. She was yeah, like, yeah, I'll yeah. kill you. She had been possessed for a long time in the movie. But that, I have a lot of questions about that, actually. We should come back to that. All right. Uh, um, but then uh, when the dad comes into the room to check on everything, the little girl starts crying and starts, like, basically saying that the mom is terrible and more or less, like, abusive. And uh, The dad takes the little girl side. Yeah. That's not what you do. No. Not okay. I don't care if... I don't care if your wife is cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and says that doll's possessed. We need to take it away from her, even though it's probably not actually what's going on. Like, I just be like, okay, you know what? Let's just take it away from right now. And then we'll address the craziness. <laughs> when later. you're back on your meds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. 
and the little girl kept saying things to her dad about how crazy the mom was being mm-hmm. and like he just blindly believed her oh yeah like his what five-year-old is telling the truth yeah no five-year-olds telling the truth no they're always trying to get what they want and what will benefit them right there's some parenting advice too there from we go. people who aren't parents <laughs> um what what did you want to talk about with Jessica being possessed? So there's that scene earlier in the movie, like like the second scene of her having Dolly, where the priest is blessing the house and she is losing oh, yeah. it. Uh-huh. Uh, why does she seem possessed throughout the movie when her soul goes into Dolly? Like I get that the that the evil kit the Satan child was trying to make more evil kids but then why take her soul like was did it just want to use the body to know that it took her soul because you remember at one point she was like jessica's in here with me and then like the doll's like mommy help me and then the her her like lifeless body's just like "Mm." yes that i have no that just there's a lot of questions there. Like, was the point for the bot for the kids' bodies to then become vessels of evil? Was the evil going to possess the body? Like, do a maybe switch, like yeah, like, like the soul goes into the doll and the evil goes into the child because she then, does start beating up her mom. Yeah, but then like, why didn't Dolly go into her body after the soul had been in there? Like I get that. Like, it, it, I felt like it was slowly. It was slowly entering her body. Why does? It, why is it a slow process? I don't know. I don't know the ancient art of the Sanzias. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Google it. I I'm going to after right. this. Sanzia doll possession doll time. soul <laughs> <Time only. laughs> transference. Time question mark. <laughs> I imagine that like uh, I'm picturing like, you know, whenever you type like how long or like you start a mm-hmm. sentence and all the suggested things. Yeah. Like how long and like one of the bottom is like, how long does it take for a doll soul to go into a human <laughs> body? <laughs> Let's get that trending on Google. Yeah. How, how do we make <laughs> recommended things happen? Because... This needs to be a thing. Right? If only we had like an army of listeners yeah. who could make this happen. Let's do it. You're so good. <laughs> Are you ready for my fun question? <laughs> All right. Here we go. All right. What is your limit to following your spouse's dream? Because... The husband and wife in this film, the husband uproots his whole family and moves them to Mexico and buys a doll factory. So let's what's your limit? Let's pause on that for a second, because did you get the idea that something had happened to them in L.A. and that was part of the reason that they were moving to Mexico? I felt like his business wasn't going well or something. Yeah, like at first I thought that he was trying to, like he was part of a toy company and like he was being reassigned to Mexico. Again, the airplane scene doesn't make sense. No. Please take it from the movie. But like, yeah, I don't know. Like it just didn't, it seemed like they had like gambled it. Like I didn't know if he had like cheated or something. Like that was where my mind went first. But then I guess like the business thing makes more sense. I felt like I felt like he his business wasn't succeeding in L.A. Yeah. And they had to move to Mexico. It did feel forced. That seems like a very weird life choice. And I want to know what where was your life at that took you to? Oh, my business in L.A. isn't doing well. Let me go to Mexico before right. I go anywhere else in the United States. Well, Like, is he evading taxes? (laughs) Like, is there some kind of weird thing going on there? Well, that would have been helpful, again, if he had a business partner in Mexico. Like, then, boom. All the problems solved. Not really, but, like, some of the answers solved. 
Right. And like who you would think that if he had a business partner, instead of that guy just sending him projections Mm -hmm. that his business would have seemed more like a solid idea. But I guess like he's just trusting this is this movie is almost the equivalent of like the Nigerian prince email (laughs) where he's like, I have an investment opportunity for you. Just send me all of your money and we'll buy this doll factory (laughs) and you'll own all of it. And then he does. And the guy's like, oh, yeah, look how good it's going to (laughs) do. And when he's like, where are these numbers from? He's like, oh, I just copied them from a book. Uh, Oh, okay. Is there a book on like running a doll business? Is there a a book on this doll business? (laughs) So that being said, I feel like, and to make things complicated, it would, the line would vary depending on what was being asked of me. Like, hey, let's go start a clinic in Mexico. Okay, maybe we can explore some other options first. (laughs) Like, hey, let's move to another state and open up a clinic. West Virginia. Uh, reconsider some things. <laughs> Somewhere else? Indiana? Oh, you know, we can talk about it. <laughs> I I don't know why that's the only thing that's coming to my mind right now. I think if you're married, you should support your spouse's dreams no matter what, as long as you have boundaries. Then it's safe. I think... To do. Because then you can say, like, I want to support your dreams, but my boundary is I can't uproot my own job. So how can we make this work? Yeah, that's a that's a good way of looking at it. Because I was thinking, like, you got to make sure that you're financially stable. Mm-hmm. So that's, like, a thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's uh, that's what I got. All right. Fair enough. I'd be curious if other people, like, how much do you think that is the cause of divorce? Hey, my job needs me to move to Puerto Rico. Mm, We're going to get a divorce. I'm sure it causes a lot of problems, but I feel like most, the average person is probably more likely to quit their job before relocating. Yeah. Rather than jumping straight to divorce. I don't know. I guess it depends on how many times they relocated and how many times they put the job over their spouse. Right. Because I think that's the real issue. I think if you are a workaholic and like you put your job over your spouse, then I think it would be divorce. But I think it's a bigger issue than relocation. Yeah. Boom. Solving marriages and solving movies. Yeah. We're We're like detectives. We're marriages and movies. We try to figure them out. Yeah, I feel like maybe we could come up with a catchy, catchier name for our podcast. Detective um, Nigel and Caitlin. I don't. My brain is running at like half speed right now. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right, Uh But we're not gonna have a. Uh, oof. Gotta adjust the audio on this one. Uh, we're not gonna have a name change anytime soon because. Guess what? This is our 71st episode. Woohoo! I forgot to I forgot to call that out last week. 70 episodes. So exciting. So exciting. You should be excited. I More am excited. Should be excited. And uh hopefully you listened to us and you told three friends about us 2 weeks ago. Otherwise, um we're mad at you. Yeah. But not really. You won't Please get our free listening. merch. Oh, we're giving out free merch yeah, now. Yeah, we're giving out free merch to the five hundredth like on our Instagram post. Okay. Whoever is number five hundred on liking our Instagram post, I will personally send you an autographed "Is This a Secret Masterpiece" shirt. You know what? I'll hold her to that. If anyone's listening to this, uh, I feel like we need to put some boundary—not boundaries, <laughs> but some stipulations on it. Like you know, within the week the first week that it's up like if it hits 500 like three years from now like no, <laughs> you're not getting a shirt no like, okay like, the first the first two weeks of it being up the first 500th person that likes it 
the Six. first 500th person as opposed <laughs> to the second 500th right. person. The 500th person that likes it gets an autograph. Is this a secret masterpiece shirt? Yeah. Yeah. That means I'm counting on all 12 of our listeners to tell. You guys better close to 90 get on it, it if you want a free T-shirt. And you know what? You know what? I'm feeling generous today. Oh, I don't like where this so, is going. You know what? I'll let you choose between a hoodie and a t-shirt. I'll send you whichever one you want. That's true. It's getting cooler out. You might yeah, want a hoodie. You might want um, we'll make that happen. Yeah. You can do that. All right. I'm feeling generous, so get on it, everyone. Okay. We're holding it to you. I need to wrap this up before Caitlin starts offering like our house <laughs> and the shirt off of our back. <laughs> do you have anything that you want to say to wrap us up? I definitely think this movie deserves more credit than it gets. I think it's a very fun watch. I think it is uh, a very enjoyable film. And I think that it's scary. It has some pretty cool death scenes. And I mean, overall, I would say you should watch this movie. I think you would enjoy it. Yeah, it's worth the watch. It's a slow burn, so just keep that in mind. It's not going to move very quickly. But I think there's some payoff for that in the end, even if the climax is rushed. And that's all I have to say about that. It definitely deserves more credit than Mr. Random on the internet is giving <laughs> this. Rude. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, anyway. Thank you for listening. As always, we're going to encourage you to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts because we don't want you to ever miss an episode. Hopefully, even if you don't know what the movie is that we're talking about, we convince you to watch it. That's our goal. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Journey Into Film. And if you want to support the show, head over to patreon.com slash a journey into film or head over to TeePublic and check out some of our sweet merch, such as T-shirts and sweatshirts and stickers and coffee mugs they they'll print your stuff on everything it's pretty cool and just remember the 500th like on our instagram post within the first two weeks within the first two weeks gets a free article of clothing of their choice all right links to those are available in the show notes and as always never let anyone tell you that a film you enjoy is bad because they're probably wrong. See you next time.